and what is sin uh, and and uh, what does it do, how does it act, and uh, then some of the mindsets that we get in concerning sin. And then last week we talked about uh, some of the, the reasons that we continually fall into the same sins over and over is we, we don't see sin the way God sees it. If we saw sin the way God did, then we, wasn't, we wouldn't have the... Uh, have that uh, ability or have that desire to continue uh, in it, but uh, God doesn't see uh, good or bad uh, the way we see sin is, is a good sin or a bad sin. God doesn't see it that way. Sin is sin with God. So we talked about that, and uh, we talked about uh, uh, the, the antidote for sin is the Word of God and is serving God and living for God. And now, uh, we're going to begin this morning uh, in this series to give you 20 reasons not to sin. 20 reasons not to sin. Now, some of these, uh, or probably most of these, you've heard at some point at some level. But we're going to reinvestigate uh, 20 things or 20 reasons not to sin and it's not just the same old ones that we've always heard. Well, if you sin, you'll be lost. It's not going to be um, that generic, but we're going to get into uh, why we shouldn't sin and give you 20 reasons. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, this is not a fun subject. Nobody likes to talk about sin, uh, but it's something that we all face. Uh, everybody in here faces the subject of sin. Did you know that? Now, there are some in here I know that you think or that you feel like you're perfect or pretty close to perfect. Uh, I tell Christy all the time, I am not perfect, but I am close. And she very quickly goes down the list of all of my faults and my failures and tells me and reminds me uh, that I am not perfect. And I'd love to have a little bit of fun with that. But uh, we all face humanity. We all face this flesh. And there's nothing you can do about it except not have flesh. So when do you think that you'll stop facing sin? When you die. That's when you'll stop facing it. So as long as you are breathing, there is the possibility of a sin or a shortcoming or a failure of God's commandments. There's a possibility. So we're going to give you 20 reasons not to sin. First of all, and the first reason that we should not sin, is sin does not satisfy. Now, I'm not going to be very uh, so narrow-minded that I'm, not going to, I'm going to say that sin's not fun. There's a lot of fun in sin. Okay, there is a lot of fun uh, people that say, well, sin's no fun. I disagree. It is fun. It, there's some things that you can do that are sin that feel good. They bring a lot of uh, joy or, or happiness or pleasure uh, into your life. And that is why sin can be so addictive. That's why certain things can be so addictive that are so wrong is because they do bring a certain amount of happiness, or they are a certain amount of fun 
And uh, so that's what happens. There are people, and I'll just call them entertainers, and you can take it to whatever level you want. They are, there are entertainers, and that's exactly what they do. They entertain. They're godless people. They say they were wicked or evil or whatever, but they're godless people, and the entertainment that they produce is godless, but they are great entertainers. There, there is a comedian, and I'll, there's a couple of them, actually. I have a very dry sense of humor, believe it or not. And there's a comedian that is really, really, really dry. I mean, Sahara Desert dry. And never cracks a smile. And he is hilarious. I have watched him on video, and I have absolutely cried laughing with this guy. But he is a godless man. He doesn't, what he's talking about, what his humor, and he's not vulgar. I don't, I don't get into the vulgar regardless of who you are. But he's not vulgar, but he, what, he's, what he's doing is not supporting. It's not uplifting a relationship with God. But he is funny. And so you have to just discern this. Just because you listen to some. All right, Jeff Foxworthy or something. That's not who it is, but it doesn't say that's a sin. I'm not saying that's a sin to put Jeff Foxworthy in your CD player. What I'm saying is there, there are uh, people that are entertainers that, that are funny or they are great entertainers, but it doesn't mean it's actually building your relationship with God. There are drugs that can make you feel like that you are a king of the world but it's not building a relationship with God. That's not encouraging your relationship with God. There are plenty of people who enjoy uh, a lifestyle away from God. There are plenty of people that will tell you, I am so happy. I am just, man, I'm having the best time of my life. And they have nothing to do with God. But there's no lasting satisfaction. There's no lasting happiness in that lifestyle. It doesn't keep you for your life. It may be fun for a while. It may be fun for a night, a week, a month, even a couple of years. But eventually, there's no satisfaction left in that life. When you have, uh, and, I'll, and I'll refer to again to a guy I've already mentioned him a couple of times at work, that he keeps looking for happiness he keeps looking for fulfillment in his life in the bottom of a bottle. That's where he looks. But when he's done with this case of beer, God drinks a case a day, believe it or not. When he's done with this case of beer, it didn't satisfy him. There's no satisfaction. So what does he do? He goes and gets another case. And that one doesn't satisfy, so guess what he does? Gets another case, and that one didn't satisfy, so guess what he does? Okay, you see, the, you, see the, you see the cycle? And so now he has 30 plus years of heavy drinking and heavy marijuana use under his belt. 30 years of both of those things. And he is no more satisfied today than he was 30 years ago. 
There's no lasting. Now, while he's drunk or high, he may feel good. I'm not going to say he doesn't. I know after he gets drunk, he doesn't feel good because he comes into work a lot and lets us know about that. But there's no lasting satisfaction in sin. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. Uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about Moses, and it says that Moses, he choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The pleasures of sin only last a season. So when the fun is gone, when the joy or the happiness is gone, when the good time is gone, when the, uh, when the, the party is over, uh, so to speak, when, when all of that's been done, when the smoke is cleared and the curtain has fallen, however you want to say it, you're left feeling ungratified, hollow, discontent with nothing. You can talk about yesterday was a great time, but you're no more satisfied today than you were yesterday. So sin never brings a lasting fulfillment or a lasting satisfaction. That is why, and I've heard it so many times, that's why when people have lived a life of, of horrible sin and they, they come to a relationship with God, and they're like, wow, this is great. I remember, uh, and I've talked a little bit to Brother Lyle and heard some of his testimony, and, and I remember a guy uh, several years ago that uh, had lived a, a, a horrible lifestyle um, in drugs and alcohol abuse. I mean, just, and it was, it was horrible. And he came uh, to a church one day and received the Holy Ghost and engaged on a relationship with God and began to serve God and to live for God. And he would tell you, he's like, man, after a good, hot service, I feel better than I ever felt on any drug. He said, I can leave a prayer room by myself, and I feel better than any drug ever made me feel. But he said, you know, the greatest thing about it, and this man's still in church, and if I called his name, there's people in this building, you know who I'm talking about. The greatest thing he said about a relationship with God is that when he goes to bed at night, he feels satisfied. He said, I want to get closer to God. I'm not happy at the level I'm at. He said, I, I want to get closer to God. But he said, when I go to bed at night, I don't worry. I don't stress about things because I'm happy. I'm satisfied because that's what God does. Sin has a, 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 a ability that once you engage a relationship with God to always come back and start telling you about the good times you had in the past. Boy, don't you remember that night you got just just tore up drunk and passed out in the front yard and it poured down rain on top of you and you laid there and a rattlesnake crawled underneath your arm. Boy, those were good times. Sometimes sin has a, 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 a way of coming back and trying to remind you of all the fun you had in the past. Boy, don't you remember that party? I mean, you just, woohoo, we went out there and ate some stuff that we wasn't supposed to eat, and boy, we were flying high and got out. We had so much fun, and 
broke into the grocery store and the police came and arrested us and took us to jail and all that. That was great times. And I'm using the absurd and kind of ridiculous but, but to, to illustrate the point, but sin has a way of coming back after you're serving God and start telling you these things. You used to have fun when you lived away from God. But a lot of what sin doesn't remind us of was the, the after effect of all of that, the going to jail, the laying out in the, out in the yard with the rain pouring down upon you. And I hope none of you have ever had that experience. But I do happen to know uh, a situation where I was actually there where uh, at a hunting club years ago when I was a teenager, some friends at the club next to us, they didn't go hunting to hunt. They went hunting to drink. They were teenagers, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, and their parents didn't know what was going on, and it wasn't my business. Believe it or not, I wasn't into that. I have never been a party animal. I mean, a wild time around my house was a Louis L'Amour. I mean, that was it. I went to hunt. I mean, it was it's a crazy concept. You go to the camp to hunt, you go hunting. And uh, I'd gone hunting one morning, and I knew they had been up all night drinking. I could hear them hollering and screaming and all that stuff. And I, I got done hunting, and I was actually walking up there to make sure all of them were at least breathing. And I come walking across the field, and I, I saw something laying out in the middle of the field. And I'm looking at it, and I said, what in the world is that? You know, curiosity, we've got to go over there and look. And so I walked over there, and the guy's name was Mike. Mike was laying in the middle of the field, sound asleep. And he slept out there all night. Isn't that fun? Face down in the dirt, fire ants crawling all over you. Isn't that fun? Anybody want to try? His leg was swollen up. He had hundreds of fire ant bites on him. That's just great. That's a great time. And he was miserable for days. And when they all finally woke up, me being the kind, gentle, warm, loving soul that I am, they were all nauseated. They had drank cheap junk all night. And they were all real sick sitting there. And I said, y'all want to go to town and get a pork chop po' boy with a lot of ketchup on it? Oh, that just makes nausea worse. You know, how about some fried eggs with a lot of runny yolk in there? And boy, they just, you know, stomachs turning. I had fun with them. I loved it. But sin has a habit of bringing up the good times, but leaving out those nights, leaving out the heartache of it. It leaves out all the, the pain that we went through. It leaves out, you'll remember the good times at the, at the hunting camp or at the, the fishing camp or, or whatever it is, and I'm just picking on those or the golf course if you play golf or whatever. And it'll, it'll, you'll remember all of your friends, but what you may forget is the broken marriage or the broken home that it produced. You may forget the lost job that that produced. You may forget that stuff, and that's what sin has a tendency to do. So, so what we're trying, what I want to do is expose to you today that sin's not going to satisfy. It is a fantasy world. If, uh, if you think that a lifestyle of sin produces lasting satisfaction, 
It's just not going to happen. If you want lasting satisfaction in your life, in your mind, the best place to be is in a relationship with God. The best place to be is in the house of God. The best people to fellowship with are the people of God. That's right. Because that is where God is where lasting satisfaction, lasting hope, lasting joy, lasting peace comes from. So, so sin does not satisfy. So remember that is the first reason that we should not sin is it does not give us satisfaction. The second reason is that sin leads to more sin. You ever heard the old saying that one lie leads to another? Anybody ever heard that? Has anybody known a compulsive liar? I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were telling me how bad somebody, I forgot now who even who it was, they lie all the time. And I've known people that would rather walk a mile and lie than to sit down and tell the truth. It sounds ridiculous, but I know him. There was one guy that I knew in, my, in the past that he was in the Army, and, and he told us three different reasons he was kicked out of the Army. First time he said he hit a superior officer, another time said he knew too much. I don't think if you're in the military and you know too much, they kick you back into civilization. I think there's other ways that they deal with that. Uh, and then a third reason is he got some kind of uh, disease from a tick, Lyme disease, I think. So which one was true? My, my little boys have a veggie tale, talking vegetables in a cartoon. And they have one that is called the fib from outer space. And it's a great illustration that the more lies you tell, the bigger it gets. Because invariably, when you tell a lie, you can't remember all of them. Because they're not the truth. You'll remember the truth. If you were there when it happened, you'll pretty much remember it. Except me. <laughs> they got what they call sometimers or alzheimers, whatever. But the, but the lies, you can't always remember the lie you told. So the next time you're talking to the same person, you forget what you told them the last time. And so now you tell them something new. There's, you know, yesterday I caught seven 11-pound catfish. But you forget that the next time you talk to that person, if it wasn't true, and then you catch 11 seven-pound catfish. And then the next thing you know, the old fishermen's tell you know, and then you start catching 11, 11 pound, and then 21, 5 pound, and the next you are, you're all over the place, and then people don't trust you. Sin leads to more sin. One lie leads to another. Uh, one uh, sin will always lead to something else. Proverbs 5.22 says, The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. There is a concept here that I want you to see. Sin, the Bible says, the cords of his sins hold him fast. Okay? It's a little bit different translation than what I have. Um, but the cords of sin hold you. You'll be holding with the cords 
of sin. In other words, sinners are the ones that are really bound. Now, this is a crazy, crazy concept. Are y'all ready for something crazy? A little bit different? I have heard for years, you go to church, you're in bondage. I am free. I don't believe all that stuff. I am free. Are you? Are you free? I've heard people say, well, I don't believe in your lifestyle. That's bondage. Really? Is that really bondage? What is bondage? Sin binds us. It The cords of sin. Sin holds us. It shackles us. It chains us up. It imprisons us. That's what sin does. Yesterday, uh, Friday, there are two guys um, that, again, I work with. Both of them come from the same religious background. And one of them said that uh, he had gone to his particular faith, and I'll try to be a little bit vague here, but confessed his evil doings to the person he was supposed to. Had been 32 years since he had been in church. And the minister of his faith told him something he needed to go do to be to have all that forgiven. And he did. And he said the very next Sunday he went back to the church and the minister of that faith walked up to him. Now, this is the same guy that drinks the case of beer every night and smokes all the marijuana every night. The same minister walks up to him the very next week and says, Would you like to deliver the Holy Spirit? And when he told me that, I said, What? He said, Yeah, you deliver the Holy Spirit in their service. I said, you know what, the best thing I could have told, the, the best response I could have had for you is for you to ask the priest, uh, the, that minister, <laughs> I just messed that one up, didn't I? For you to ask him, why doesn't the Holy Spirit deliver me? Why would, me, why would I in bondage need to go deliver the Holy Spirit? Why doesn't the Holy Spirit deliver me? And the other guy said, that's what I would have wanted. He said, I wouldn't have said it like that, but that's the better way of saying it. Why, do, why am I in bondage that we call freedom need to be delivered, delivering God? Why doesn't God in his power come deliver me who's in bondage? And that's the way it should be. When you serve God, that's where you're free. That's where there's freedom. Sin binds us the the sin imprisons us people are in prison to habits they're in prison to addictions they're in prison to these things they don't have the freedom of their life and sin does that to us sin doesn't tell you that it's going to lead you to more sin but it will the bible says in proverbs 27 and 20 that the eyes of a man are never satisfied Okay. 
I love the beginning of that. Hell and destruction are never full. We need to put the Word of God and understand the Word of God that the eyes are never satisfied. In other words, your want of sin is never going to be satisfied. Everybody is, maybe not every day, maybe you'll reach a level of maturity or level of relationship with God where every day you don't want it, but at some point, sin's coming to knock. And there's going to be a desire to do something that is wrong. That is a sin. And when it comes, when it shows up, how you respond to it is extremely important. You cannot feed that. When you give in, it's like feeding a fire. It will eventually consume you. I have examples of that. I'm not going to share them right now, but... But people that will, will meddle and they'll dabble in things. They'll, they'll, they'll see something from their past that, you know, I, I just, I just want to, that was just so much fun, I just want to do a little bit, but I'm not giving up my relationship with God. You know how many times I've heard that? How, how, I mean, if you've been in the church any length of time, surely you know somebody that says that I, I'm just going to do just, a, it's just this one thing but I'm not going to quit church. I've had people recently saying, Brother Merrill, I'm here. I'm serving God. I'm never going to give up. They're not sitting here this morning like they should be. Do you understand that sin does not care about you? If it can get a foothold in your life, Sin will lead to more sin. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But it means that when you sin, we talked about at the beginning of this Bible study, that it forms the wedge. You remember the wedge? That it's time that we need to uh, repent of that and let God heal that wedge. So it feeds a fire, and eventually, soon, as you put more and more wood into a fire, and I'm a fire bug. If you can burn it, I like to. If it wasn't for God, I'd love to be an arsonist. Now, I wouldn't burn somebody's house they were living in, but some old vacant buildings. Man, you know how big a fire that would be? The bigger the fire, the better. You just can't get one too big. When I was a child, I burned so many things that my mom and dad, finally, we live way out in the country. When I say way out in the country, uh, I know Brother Bunch has been to our house in DeSoto, Missouri. We had neighbors. I think you could see one of them a little bit if the leaves were off the trees. But we didn't really have garbage pickup. We burned most of our garbage. And that was my job. I would strike matches in the closet sit down with a whole book of matches and just strike them and watch them burn. I had no clue that if I lay that on the carpet and catch the carpet on fire, burn the whole house down. I was five. And when my mom walks in and, you know, <laughs> you know, kids are dumb. You know, how in the world we think that because you get in the closet, you know, the smell of the smoke doesn't leave the closet. Did you know that? 
teenagers are dumb too, and I'm glad they're not in here because they sure think mom and dad don't know what's going on. Most cases they do. But I, I would strike these matches, and I'd watch them burn. Well, my mom walks, she can smell the smoke. So she comes running upstairs, and I can still kind of have a faint memory. I had my lion teddy bear in the closet with me. That's how old I was. had a teddy bear with me. And she pulls that closet door open, and there I am with a book of matches burning them. So much fun. So she began to pray <laughs> that God would protect our house. And she said that God impressed her. Well, let him start burning. Take, the, take his desire and let him start burning. So that's what I did. I burned trash at our house. And everything else that would burn, I burned it. We didn't even have limbs in the woods behind our house. If a limb hit the ground, it went on the fire. And I would sit out there. I can still remember this, and my mom still loves to talk about it. I could get out there at 7 o'clock in the morning and light a fire or start the one up from yesterday I'd been burning if it wasn't school time. And at dark or after dark, my mom would holler at me to come inside. And I'd stay at that fire all day. Just loved it. But one of the things about fire I learned, and I can start a fire without a match. I don't need matches. I have burned, my wife will testify to this, I have burned a freshly cut down tree, green wood, for those that know anything about wood, I have burned a tree where the base of it was about that big around. I cut it down, chopped it up, burned the whole thing in one day, the very day I cut it down, in pouring down rain. My wife will testify that that is true. I know how to burn stuff. And I learned some things about fire. Do you know that the more fuel you put on a fire, the bigger it gets? Did you know that? So you can have a fire. I don't like them, but you can have one that big around. And you can put you some little pine straw on there, and you can keep it that big around. But what I like to do with a fire that big around is put some pine straw, more pine straw, and then some twigs. And then take those twigs and get a bunch of twigs burning and then start putting bigger sticks. And then before long, you got tree trunks on there. That's what I like. It's the same principle with sin. It doesn't usually start out a forest fire. It doesn't usually start out consuming your life. It usually starts out as a little spark. It's a little ember. It's a little match that gets lit. And it's a little place in our life that we decide that we're just going to let burn. It's not that big. It's under control. And I could give examples today, but uh, it's things that we allow to stay in our lives that are wrong. But it's okay. But eventually they do grow. And the more you feed it, the more you give in, the more you surrender, the bigger it gets. And eventually, I have this experience too, it will start burning things you don't want it to burn. I have set the woods on fire. 
I have watched all the woods behind our house in flames. I have stepped on flames in our woods, trying to put them out before mom and dad see it, and only to turn around to see my dad standing on the back porch laughing. He thought it was funny. Me and my brother out there just, you know, you're trying to stomp all the leaves out like the burnt leaves aren't a clue that you just set the woods on fire. Again, it's the same mindset that kids have. You know, the smoke don't go out of the closet. The burnt leaves on the whole back 40 acres of the property, you'll never, you'll never see them. But sin will grow. Sin will eventually consume. And every time you give in, it gets harder and harder to resist and easier to give in. Every time you give in. So when is the best time to say no to sin? Now. Say it now. One sin will lead to another sin, a worse sin. This is the third reason not to sin. It will lead to a worse sin. It's bad enough that sin, that what it does to sin, but sin never brings you up. It always takes you down. There are hardened criminals that, and and one of the, they're just hard, there's hardened criminals. They they weren't born bad people, but through a life of of this transgression and then doing this, they get a little bit worse, and then they're on this drug, and that drug gets worse, and then before you know it, they're addicted to something that's even worse, and now they're in its control, and they have it has them in bondage and imprisoned by this addiction. So then they can't feed the addiction, so they start stealing. They can't steal enough or somebody walks in while they're stealing and the next thing you know, they kill somebody. Do you see the progression? They didn't start off ever with the intention of stealing. They didn't start off with the intention of hurting somebody, but because they got into something they could not get out of, it brought them further and further and further down. The flesh always tries to bring us down. God will try to bring us down up I like this one but I'm not that bad what people say I'm not that bad or they're not that bad they're just they got this one thing Proverbs 14 and 12 tells us that there is a way that seems right unto man you may think it's okay but the end of thereof is the ways of death so it's not about what we think is okay. It's about what the Word of God says is okay. Just because you can justify it doesn't mean that God can justify you. Just because you think it's okay does not mean that God thinks it's okay. We have to live by the Word of God. We have to. Everybody thinks we have a stopping point. I'm only going to go to this point, but it never ends there. It's just a little bit lower. It's just a little bit lower. Sin has the ability to work in us to reduce or to adjust our stopping point downward. There are people that at one time what you're doing now you thought was bad. Now you don't think it's all that bad. And it's, it's, we just keep going lower and lower and lower and lower. Um. I want to hurry. I want to get through the next one uh, before we're done. Uh, So now is the time. Now is the time. Uh, 
I was talking about going lower. I remember uh, talking to somebody, and it was true when my two sons were born. I was worried about talking about society. I was talking to an older guy, and he was telling me that when his sons were little, their greatest fear of dealing with their kids with what kind of what kind of girl would his son marry? And some of you that are more, a little more aged, have you ever thought about that? If you'll be honest, if your children, your son or your daughter, did you ever worry about what kind of spouse they would find? If you had a son, did you worry about what kind of girl he would marry? Would it be someone you would be compatible with? Or if you had a daughter, would kind of young man she would marry to see if, you know, to make sure that he was nice and all of that? My mother-in-law got an awesome deal. She may not know it. So somebody was talking to me about it, and I said, I'm not worried that about that so much with my kids. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? You want to talk about how society has gone down, how sin has brought people down? I'm not worried about what kind of girl my sons marry. I just hope they want to marry a girl. And it sounds crude, but it's true. And our society today, <laughs> if they just come home and say, Dad, I met this girl, then everything's going along fine. You understand? So sin that brings you down our society is coming down it's not getting better because of sin it only gets worse i see the doors are open so it's time for me to quit but uh uh sin that's what sin does to people it brings you down so it's time to reverse the trend it's time to turn around from that and let's live a life of power and a life of glory for jesus praise the lord stand with me this morning uh thank you for your attention god bless you uh for being here